Yes, so here we are, here representing Sylvester Broom in Palmer Village here at Insight, where we just had one of the best basketball camps here in the city of Flint. Of course, that's what we do. I'm Linnell Jones-McKinney, Program Director for Sylvester Broom in Palmer Village, who's Miriam Razul, who's also the Executive Director for Sylvester Broom in Palmer Village. And we're here today to talk about Flint basketball. And we have some of the greatest basketball players, former professional athletes, uh, also uh, other people who are around this table to talk about what's important as far as basketball is concerned for Flint, Michigan. Not just basketball, but everything that evolves around basketball to help us become the best of the best in the world. We put Flint on the map. We produce more professional athletes in the city of Flint than any city in the history of America. And here we have right now sitting around this table to talk about not just what uh, basketball has done for Flint and for us, but also what we plan on doing for Flint through basketball. And we have the uh, narrator here, Mr. Eric Woodyard himself, who's going to uh, moderate this, this, this here great conversation. We're going to turn it over to him and we're going to allow him to get us started. What's up, my good people? It's Eric Woodyard here from Checking In, Signing In, Flint, Michigan. I'm just super excited. You look around this room and it's just, it's, not only is it black excellence, it's just Flint excellence. And I want everybody, before we get started, to kind of go around and introduce themselves. As I said, I'm Eric Weyard, worked at the Flint Journal, came and covered the Utah Jazz, Midwest region of the NBA. Now I'm covering the Detroit Lions, but Flint is my bread and butter. I'm home, raised, born Flintstone. You know what I mean? Everywhere I go, I'm putting it out there. I ain't from Detroit, nah, we <laughs> from Flint. So I want everybody, you know, to kind of go around and kind of introduce themselves and, you know, kind of just break the ice a little bit with everybody. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Jeff Greer. Um, Retired NBA basketball player, more importantly, a Flintstone. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Morris Peterson, um, former NBA player out of uh, Murrow Elementary, um, Longfellow, Whittier, Northwestern High School, and um, I'm just happy to be here. Good afternoon, guys. My name is Jakara Thompson. Um, I am a graduate from Swartz Creek High School, and now I am playing at Rochester University. Born and raised Flint, Michigan, a one Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Crystal Rice. I am a Flint Hammity alumni. Um, graduated in 2017. I played at Ball State University last season, and I am now at Rochester College. Good afternoon, all. My name is Jerry Stevens, I'm son of Barry Stevens. I'm out of Northwestern High School. Um, I'm a graduate of Maryville High School in Indiana, but Flint has had a huge impact on my life. and how I approach the game of basketball and my overall character, you know, so I'm, I'm very appreciative for the opportunity to speak on the behalf of Flynn and to be a part of this community. Shout out to Barry Stevens, man. That's a name we ain't heard in a lot of years. Let's shout out to that. You know, a lot of the legends. Yeah. Definitely, you gotta pay pay homage to the legends, man, so. Yeah. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Quincy LaShumpert. Uh, I graduated from Hamity High School, uh, owner of Next Level Training Studio uh, in the area. Happy to be here. Went to a lot of Flint schools, uh, originally from California. Hello everybody, it's Kevin Tiggs. Some of y'all know me, some of y'all don't. For those who do, God is good. Uh, professional basketball player, retired, and still coaching at my community college, and I'm glad to be here. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Tarnisa Martin. Um, I am a basketball mom, but I'm here representing Hurley Medical Center, um, patient resource and community advocate. Um, the, Camp was awesome, just connecting and building relationships through better education and basketball. Last but not least. Last but not least is the Jeff Greer Jr. from Born and Raised <laughs> on the North Side of Flint. And you know, we here just talking about the camp, 
and the good things that we have to come in the future. Jeff, my guy too, man. I mean, I just remember us hooping on Orange Lane, you know, battling outside. You know, all those old memories, man, just take you back to this, the heart of, heart of Flint, man. And, um, you know, I think that it's only right. We talk about the camp today, you know, seeing your little brother, you know, Jair grow up and watching him, you know, you taking him to the YMCA, being downtown as a kid, to, to grooming him and having your camps, the No Excuses camp at my, you know, which Mo talked about him going to and like the legacy, the history continuing. You know, talk about grooming your son to get to this level and, and why camps are important, why you started your camp, why pass it on to him now, why, why are we doing this now? Kind of take us through what, what, what these camps mean to the city and why they're so important. Well, you know, uh, you, you really, when you ask that question, it takes me all the way back, back to 1988. Um, I mean, that's, that's a time and period where some of these people at the table didn't exist. I was and, born in uh, 88, so yeah. that's <laughs> <laughs> But you know, um, when I got drafted first year into the NBA, um, you know, the vision was bringing something back to Flint that Flint has not seen. Bringing something back to Flint that I saw in my travels as a young high school kid um, who was an All-American. Um, the one camp that stuck in my mind was, it was a camp called AFBE, Athletes for Better Education. It was in Princeton, New Jersey. And in that camp, it had so many powerful, powerful people. Uh, that was the first time I ever met Muhammad Ali. And you're talking about looking at the boxing champion of the world, the heavyweight champion of the world. He did not talk about his title belt when we were there. He did not talk about how great he was. He talked about service. He talked about community involvement. That stuck and it struck home to me. And from there, um, as a sophomore, I said, you know what? If I ever get a chance, I'm going to do the same thing in Flint. And that's what incited, empowered me to come back here and get involved in 1988. From there, the one thing I share with Mateen, with Morris, and the list goes on and on, Antonio, the list goes on and on with athletes. I said, listen, no matter what you do in your journey, come back, give back to Flint. And every last one of these young men, young women have come back, got involved, and have tried to empower the kids. That's what it's all about. It's truly about empowerment. It's getting our kids to come back to our community and be productive citizens in our community. Uh, Jair, growing up, being trained, traveling, his journey was a little different than mine. You know, um, I come from a single parent home and he had mom and dad looking out for him, training and teaching him uh, the ways of life, but more importantly about basketball as well. And so, you know, getting him to understand the importance of being a server, getting him to understand the importance of giving back. That's what this camp is all about to me, as far as that's concerned. Now we're gonna get into the meats and potatoes of everything else, but that's the reason why we wanted to do this. Now I gotta transition to Mo on this. So I grew up in the Fifth Ward of Flint, you know, having to be born and raised. We had a dude that lived down the street, you know, he, he stayed down the street. His, he, we called him AV, but. He came to your camp and you was sponsored by Reebok, so he got the Mo P jersey. He probably wore that jersey about two months straight. <laughs> they started calling him Mo P. <laughs> so for you, man, to get that from Jeff and continue your legacy, and even when you was at the height of your career coming back and making that time, you know, just kind of talk about that legacy being passed and just the tradition. Maybe, you know, do you have any great experiences from his camp and kind of how that maybe inspired George as well? Absolutely. Um, when he was talking, it was like everything was coming back full circle because um, I remember coming out and um, going to his camps. I mean, I had a great time. I mean, it was, it, you look at all, all the things that's going on, on around a city 
and he has these great camps, him and Glenn, and, and I get an opportunity to just soak everything up. I'm sitting in the front, I'm watching every, he don't even know, I'm watching everything he do. Like, he walk in with, with the BMW, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, I mean, you know, he, he, that's how it, it got us. We like, oh man, look at, look at the BMW. But, but then when, you come, when he come in, you see how grounded he is. And it's like, man, here's, here it is. This man has been all around the world, you know, all, everybody, but he's humble. And um, I took a page out of his book, and I remember him you know, challenging me when I got to the NBA, saying, you know, it's great to make it to the NBA, but what can you do for, you know, for your community? What kind of service are you going to bring? And he stepped on the forefront with me. When I started my camp, he was the first one, first one there. Didn't ask for anything, basically ran the whole camp, and I'm just sitting there like, man, I can't believe I'm just getting all this knowledge. So um, for, for it to come back full circle now with Jair and us, you know, kind of bringing the younger guys on the forefront and getting them to understand what it is that they need to build community-wise, family-wise and stuff. It's just, that's how we gonna make this thing, you know, keep it, keep improving and keep those generations going. You know, even before him, you know, we had, uh, I remember my dad and those guys talking about Terry Furloughs and the guys that came before them, Trent Tuckers and those guys. And um, I'm just happy to be, you know, a part of the conversation or be able to give back to the community and give back to the kids because um, I see how far, um, you know, they can see what you do on the basketball court, but what what affects the community, you know, the things that you do and decisions you make and how you, you know, make yourself available for kids, let them see you, let them be able to touch you. That that goes a lot longer than, than anything. And um, I'm just I'm just happy to be a part of this tradition. I'm, gl I'm glad I'm part part of this Flint tradition. Yeah, people don't understand. I mean, it's just when you say you're a Flintstone, you're another city, they don't understand the respect you know, as you get. Yes. You know, Everywhere when I, you go. Yeah, when I, when I went away to Utah, you know, and I covered the Jazz out there for two years, I went to every NBA arena. And every time somebody would see my name or what city I'm from, they always had a great story about Mo, about Jeff. I was out in Milwaukee, you know, covering the Bucks, and I remember calling you and, you know, just asking you, but, you know, still have people still having stories and stuff. So that legacy, that DNA, I think I want to bring this back to Linnell because you were the first professional female basketball player, you know, to come out of this, out of this area. And not only has it been men, it's been females from you to Deanna Nolan. To, now you got these younger crops, of, you know, Crystal and Jakara. Right. Right. When you were doing what you were doing, did you anticipate, you know, what, I, I guess this is a two-part question. What's your definition of a Flintstone? And as you were going through it from a women perspective, right. did you anticipate, you know, this blossoming into not only men, but women as well? Yeah, you know, uh, I always like to start with this. As I know this is the gift that God gave me. This is the purpose and the plan that God, before the foundation of the world, before I was even born. Uh, but when I came on this earth, I was six years old and I, I, I knew that there was something different about me. When I turned eight years old, I envisioned myself traveling around the world playing professional basketball. And they didn't have a girls sports program, but wow. that was my vision. So that's why I always talk about the dream. I talk about the, what's your dream? And so at eight years old, I had a dream to play professional basketball. Eventually, I became the first female to play on the boys' team. I became the first female to, you know, to go to college on a scholarship. I became the first to, to, to be drafted in, in, you know, in, in the, into the WBL. I became one of the first 15 Americans to go to Europe and play in the European League. Um, so, so my vision started when I was very young. And that's why it's so important for us to offer these services, these programs to these kids. Because if we get them at that age, we won't have to worry about gang violence. We won't have to worry about, you know, uh, uh, shooting each other and all, because they'll have a vision, they'll have a dream, they have a purpose. Man, I was bullied. I mean, they talked about me, called me all kinds of names. 
but I held on to my dream because it was down on the inside of me. But I knew then, not only did I know I was going to play professional basketball, I started a youth program when I was in middle school. People come tell me now, man, I remember when you, you came to our school and you, and you know, and I was in middle school. I didn't know nothing about business. I didn't know nothing. All I knew was that was something that was on my life that I had to give back. In middle school, I was giving back. So the purpose and the plan of what we do and why we do is to make sure that the next generation be better, stronger, faster, so that they can have an opportunity to live out their dream. So, so, so coming back after I played, you know, pro ball overseas, I came back, I always knew. I started a nonprofit. You know, we had youth programs, we had basketball camps. We had everything that a child would need, you know, to be able to live out their dream. So, and then to be able to sit around the athletes and those who have accomplished so much. Man, come, I mean, and to come back to here and say, you know what, we gonna do it. And we're going to do it for our kids, and we won't take no for an answer. We can't, man. Five, five people got shot within five days past, you know, this past week. And for us to sit back and say, you know, we're just going to sit back and chill, we can't do it. There's an obligation for us to give back. We have the answers to, 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 to man's problems. And Flint was put on the map because of the athletes, not because of General Motors. General Motors did, you know, they, but the Flint athletes put, uh, uh, put Flint on the map. Everybody in the world yes, know yeah. that I'm the I'm getting best. motivated Come right on, now. I'm telling you. Know Everybody I'm telling give me a clap on Am I telling the truth, man? Right. Oh, Flint man. athletes yeah. put Flint on the map. I'm about ready to get a 10 day. I'm going to let y'all go. <laughs> there was, there was back in the, the, the 90s, it was, it was a, a, a worldwide situation that happened uh, at the White House. I ain't even going to describe it, everything. But uh, the president gave, I, I believe it was like 70-something million dollars to some something, right? So, so, so the news was all out. The news came, and they made this big announcement that the president gave $77 million. And, and, and then they, they hurried and got the newspaper. They hurried and got the newspaper. What was on the front page was that the, I think it might have been the Flintstones or something, I don't know, somebody had just won a state championship or something, you know, from, from basketball, uh, high school, and everybody's like, but the president, uh, uh, the, the, one of the, the biggest found, uh, uh, funders from, from Flint gave the president 70-something million dollars. How come that, don't, that ain't on the front page? The reason why is because the athletes, we are the ones that the whole world want to know about. So for us to come back and for us to, to be able to impart wisdom and knowledge and respect and responsibility into these young people and give them a chance to dream, that's what, it's all, that's what my life is about, man. And let me tell you something, I lived that life on purpose. And that's why I appreciate everybody here. And we ain't taking no for an answer. We taking these kids back, we getting them off the street and we putting them out here and we giving them an opportunity to live their life on purpose. Definitely. I appreciate it. That's powerful to come out there and speak. I just want to clap her one more time. <laughs> one more time. I'm about ready to give me a 10 day right now, man. Hey, I see you good. I see you still shooting that J, man. You still got it. <laughs> All spot ups. All spot so, this, ups. so we got a younger crop of Flintstones here. You know, we got Crystal, we got Jakara, we got Barry Stevenson. You know, I think that's just legend, legendary to the, number, the names that we have. So they have a whole nother perspective. He played with your uncle. 
he played with your dad. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just the, the tradition going on. You know, your family history of ballers, you know, from everybody. You can, you can go down a list, you know what I mean? I want to get y'all perspective of what it means to be a Flintstone coming up. Why y'all play basketball? Was y'all ever pressured into it? Did y'all feel like it was just in y'all DNA? You know, I want to get from like, how did y'all get to this point being so young and really being drawn to the game? Growing up, basketball was a big part of my life. Uh, my uncles, my cousins, growing up seeing them, I just wanted to be just like them. My brother was really good as well. I was always halftime at games. I was always finding a ball to shoot. And for me, it was natural. And I loved basketball. I loved everything about it. And it really gave me a purpose in life. And it wasn't, it was more, it was bigger than basketball for me. It was almost like a way of life. That's all I knew. Um, so Flint basketball specifically has been a huge part of my life. I, like thinking back, I never really thought about how much I did in high school for Hamity and I was talking to some older guys and they're like, you know, Hamity basketball is, that's, that's a real deal. And they talk about you when they talk about basketball. And I was thinking they're talking about, you know, some of the other girls, but they're like, no, you're in those conversations. And it, it kind of shocked me because I didn't really see it until they said it, but you know, basketball. You put, you put it in work. <laughs> definitely did. Yeah, you know, Flint basketball is just, it's just me. Flip basketball. Yeah. For, I for like you, how was it? You know, what, what type of advice would you receive, you know, from a guy like Glenn, you know, from your uncle, you know, well, having having him? What was that? What was that like having him as arguably the greatest player at Commodity? Oh, I mean, to me, he was just my uncle Glenn. I didn't even really think of him as a big, huge NBA star, but he always taught me um, the importance of giving my all. He always talked to me about that and experiences that basketball will give me. And I've seen that. He's talked about all the experiences he's had. Um, and he was just a great role model. He really, he really taught me a lot, and he really helped me develop my jump shot too. <laughs> <laughs> can't be no right to sure. can't shoot. It's in the blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about y'all too? Y'all got any experiences going as well? Um, basketball for me has uh, definitely been a journey. Um, I've been I started basketball when I was five years old. Um, and I had a lot of bumps in the roads while playing basketball. Um, my freshman year in high school, I tore my ACL starting on varsity, probably like the first three games of the season, I tore my ACL. And then my junior year going to my senior year, I tore the other one. So it definitely was hard for me to um, really um, just have that and then try to keep going and playing. I had a lot of things on my mind, you know, should I quit or should I keep going? Um, it was definitely hard for me and I decided, you know, I made it this far, I might as well keep going. And basketball was such a huge part of my life and I just didn't want to let it go. Um, so I, I accomplished so much um, with the few couple of years, you know, I broke the 1000 point record. I made All-American at Mon. I did a lot of things and I would really just um, encourage kids, you know, if you go through things like that, you have an injury, you might think that you can't do it anymore or you want to quit that sport. I really encourage kids to just keep going, keep pushing, have faith in God that everything will work out and you'll definitely be great. But Flint basketball is definitely a huge part of my life and it's definitely shaped and molded me into the woman that I am today. Mm, strong. Flint basketball. Flint stones, for real. <laughs> well, for me, uh, the game of basketball has, has done a lot. You know, my dad passed away young, you know, and 
from the time I was in youth, you know, I always felt closest to him when I played basketball. So everybody always, everybody knows that I like I'm emotional when it comes to that. Like I'm, I kind of got a fiery personality when it comes to it because, you know, that's when I always felt closest to him is when I when I played basketball. So, you know, from the time I was small, like I never remember not being around basketball. I constantly remember him teaching people and, you know, just being given when it comes to the sport, like just imparting different knowledge and wisdom, whether it be about life or the game of basketball. So, you know, after my dad passed away, I remember every summer, you know, my uncle Jeff like like sent Jared down here. And, uh, you know, I when, I when I would come here, you know, it taught me how to like work hard. You know, I remember one of the things my uncle Jeff would constantly tell me is like, you know, you gotta be able to take something for what it is and do your best to, to go and get whatever your end goal is. So you gotta be able to, sometimes stuff is hard. It's not gonna be easy, you know? Sometimes it's gonna take you crying a little bit. Sometimes it's gonna take you sweating a little bit, but at the end of the road, it's gonna all will have been worth it. You know what I mean? And uh, obviously that, that sentiment and that, um, that mantra comes from him being from the city of Flint and, and just growing up and being groomed in that, in that way of thinking. And, um, you know, I've always been so appreciative for the different people that I've met and interacted with while I was here because it definitely gave me a certain amount of grit, you know, because you run in a, when you play the game of basketball, you know, you're going you gonna to run into your different trials and tribulations, your ups and downs, but that's how life is. And um, ultimately, it can develop your character. You'll be, you, you'll have grit when, it, when you hit a wall, you know when you don't get the chance to play or a situation doesn't work out exactly how you were anticipating it to work out, are you gonna quit? Or are you gonna be able to take it for what it is, acknowledge it like, okay, I need to get better at this, this, and this, and then when I get on the court, it's gonna be my time to be great. You know, and so that's how I see the game of basketball. So when I take on any situation in life, I don't see it as if it's hard, I just say to myself, you know, I've been through this before. And um, it's great to have camps and stuff like this, where you can teach those things to kids, you know? Cause sometimes kids don't have people at home that's gonna tell them when they hit a wall, okay, well, let's figure out how to get around it. Where it's a will, it's a way, you know, let, let's go get this. Some people don't have that, you know? Some people, you know, are looking for somebody to impart some type of knowledge on them to spend some time, you know? You hear people say all the time in, in urban culture, uh, you spell uh, love, T-I-M-E, you know, that's how you spell love. And so that's what I see this camp as, giving some time and some energy to some people who truly need it, you know, and that's. So can you tell everybody what, what, what college did your father attend? Uh, my, my father went to Iowa State University. Okay, so I'm about to bring this, I'm about to bring, I'm about to bring this all home. I asked that for a reason. So you got, you got Jeff Greer, you know, you got, you know, Justice Thigpen, you know, you got over and over then, you got Monte Morris, you know, we bringing this current now the current generation. So now everybody sees why this runs so deep. Even a lot of people don't know when Miles Bridges, you know, Iowa State was high on this list, you know, before he committed to Michigan State. But we see in uh, the connection, the pipeline of Flintstones of where it come from that, you know, and your dad was a big part of that history as well. But I think everybody in Flint got their own story who they feel like is, is the greatest. You know, they might say, my era was this person or that person. For me, you know, I grew up in a pro-am era, so I, my favorite to watch was Corey Hightower, you know, just personally. But you ask a lot of people in the hood, they gonna say K-Tiggs. 
a lot of people in the hood, this current generation. So everybody got their own different little gener. I was just talking to Willie out there, and Willie, man, KT is one of everybody got their own story. So for you, and you had a non-traditional route of getting to this point. You didn't go to you know the top school, top play, top high school ball, but you still built it up from being at you know bursting and going to Mott and doing what you was able to do. Talk about your path to getting to the level and helping out. How many kids was at Mott yesterday? Now you giving back, man. They said, well, how many kids up there? 236 kids. So for you to be in this role, man, 236 kids, you here volunteering today, doing that. Tell us how you got to your point, you know, to get into your stage where you was at and become a legend in your own right in the city as well. From the bottom. <laughs> Definitely from the bottom. Basketball wasn't even my first choice. Like I didn't choose basketball. To be honest with y'all, it chose me. I didn't care to play it. I didn't play it in high school. I actually played my senior year in high school and I, in my eyes, I wasn't even that good, but everybody else seen something in me that I didn't see. Graduated from high school, instantly went to work, factory job. Didn't even think about basketball no more. Worked there for a year and a half, factory closed down. God mama said, I don't want you running with your friends on the street. So she enrolled me at my community college. The crazy thing about that at the time, he get mad when I say this, Coach Schmidt didn't even like me. Didn't even think about picking me up on the team. I actually went in there one day when I got done with my classes and just went in there and started playing one-on-one -on -one with one of the guys. And he was like, man, you pretty good. Why don't you come back here and work out with me? Cause I be getting tired. Came back there, Coach Schmidt came back there, seen me back there, was finna kick me out the gym. Finna literally kick me out the gym. Like, man, you gotta go. I'm like, he like, Coach, no, I get tired. He can help me. To make it so bad, his name was Jarrell Allen. He ended up going to Florida State. He ended up leaving for Florida State. I still get out of class. I go back in there and still working out by myself. I promise y'all this. I thought I had all the handles in the world until two ball dribbling came into my life. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't tell me and one wasn't the best thing. I probably had every mixtape. I, I thought dribbling the way I dribbled was the best. Couldn't nobody tell me nothing. I was mm -hmm. good. I got two balls in my hand. I looked like I was in the first grade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> After Jarrell left, my two-ball dribbling got so good to the point where coach was like, you know, you want to work out with us? I'm like, cool. He started having open gyms. Next thing you know, he walked up to me and asked me did I want a scholarship. Wow. So from a factory job wow. to a scholarship. factory job to a scholarship. That's crazy. In a matter of a season. I wanted him to tell that story to understand. Like, everybody got their In own In a matter path. of a season. Nobody, everybody see me and be like, what? They wouldn't believe if I told them this story to their face. They wouldn't believe it. But here's the thing. At that time, I still didn't feel like I was good. It took for me to just continue to work, work, and work. All the guys when I was in high school was better than me. Don't get me wrong, they good now, but it's just a different way when people see me walk in the gym, when they see them walk in the gym. I ain't speaking from arrogance or anything like that, it's just my presence. I understand it, I know it, I like it, I embrace it, even when people come back at me to the point where they wanna challenge me. I bring it on, take it, come with it, I know, because at the same time, it makes me even better. So that's why I tell like all these young kids, you know, when they come at me, even when I lose, I win. Cause guess what? I learned a different way to beat you. Even when if I lose, I know next time what to do and not to do against you. Cause I know what you gonna do. And then when I beat them, they look at me like, you supposed to win, you right. Cause I just tricked you and showed you even when I lose, I win. But after leaving my, I ended up going to East Tennessee State, won a championship there. One thing my coach always said there that reminded me of staying humble is you're, you all, you're, everybody here is on a one-year renewal. A one-year renewal. It's my choice if I sign y'all back. That right there humbled me every year. Every time I came, every time I came to practice, I just laid it all out. Because guess what? I can go back to zero. 
I can go back to zero. I wasn't trying to go back to zero. I wasn't, that was beneath me to my, man, I was not trying to go back to zero. So not to skip and jump, but also I won a national championship at my, it was the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing ever. I won every award you could possibly win in a junior wow. college. Wow. Every, every wow. award. What school you went to? Did y'all beat us? <laughs> we gave my the biggest loss by almost what forty at OCC. Won the year I played. <laughs> Won two thousand seven. Call me old if you want to. We're still rivals to this day. We can settle this on the court. <laughs> he wouldn't last. He wouldn't last tonight at nine if you want to try. Tonight at nine, Tiggs take on all challengers, three ninety-nine. We'll leave the light on for you. I just want to let y'all know that. So leaving East Tennessee State, I don't want to keep the story too long. I ended up going overseas and playing basketball or run a championship my first year. After that, I loved it from since that day on. Uh, you know what? Can I touch on that too? Cause um, yeah, um, looking back, you know, I would come back in the summertime um, and play, right? So we get to the gym. I'm out there playing. I heard this loud guy come in the gym like, yeah, <laughs> let's go, like out of nowhere. So I'm playing, I'm like, all right, you step on this court if you want to, you know what I'm saying? So we get on the court and he trying to go at me. Mm -hmm. Kevin's trying to go at my head and mm -hmm. like we had some battles and um, you know, he, he's left-handed, I'm left-handed. Mm -hmm. So we kind of almost, you know, if I wasn't a pro, you know, mm -hmm. but we kind of almost canceled each other out being a left-hand. Right. And I just remember the, the passion that he had and um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that story that you had just didn't play in high school much and stuff like that, because you couldn't tell. Yep. You, and, and then the, wow. thing, the thing that we try to tell the kids too, it's a mentality. Mm. Whatever you put your mind to it, he put his mind to it that he go, that he's gonna do that, right. and didn't let nobody stop him. And he like he would challenge every time. I love after that. I loved when he came to the gym, yeah. and yeah. I'd be like, hey, he checking me. I'm checking him because yeah. I know in the summer I know he gonna make me better. Right. You know, and that's what it's all about. Like. In Flint, you can hear all these different stories from different all, all walks of life mm -hmm. on guys who made it or guys who made it on different levels and yeah. stuff. And um, when you come back home, all that stuff is out the door. Yeah. They yeah. trying to come at your head. And that's the thing I love about being back home is right, right. when I came back home um, in the summertime, you can always find a good run. Yeah. Earl Jordan always had good run. Mm -hmm. You up at Jordan College and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you got all these pro and college coaches and pro players, Isaiah Thomas. Jeff, them coming back, man, it's just, I don't mm. think people understand what we were able to see. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm just, I just look forward to bringing all that back yeah. because the kids need yeah. that I, in order to I, I get to the next level. I want to steal some of your thunder here because <laughs> I, I want everybody to truly understand, you know, um, I love Flint. This is Jeff Greer talking. I'm telling you, I flat out love Flint. Everybody talks about all the negative things that goes on in our right. community. Obviously, we just went through the water situation, the crisis. But when the water crisis hit, to me, I immediately said, okay, how do we embrace this challenge? How do we take on this challenge? I played at the YMCA for years with guys who were first offenders, they were second chancers. I played all of us, Morris, Mateen, um, Miles, Jair, all of us, Kevin, we all played at the Y. But the one thing that I saw at the Y was you had a lot of young men and women, because I'm not excluding, that were in there that were about this community. 
So when that water crisis situation came up, and you had to go out, and the, the city had to go out and find different contractors to do the work, so on and forth. And we were blessed enough to be one of them that can do it. But you know what I said? I'm finding every person from this community that can work because I know they're going to put their heart, their passion, and they drive in it. They're not going to be here just for the money. They're going to knock on them doors. They're going to make sure the water is, the pipes are put in right. They're going to make sure that the, that the water is running. They're going to make sure the homeowner feels safe and secure. And we hired 50 people from our community. So, you know, the basketball allows you the opportunity to see the character of the person. And that's the main reason, Mr. Woodyard, Eric, that we have this camp. We try to identify and connect with the individuals in our community. And I definitely, I think that transitions over there to Miss Martin as well, and you two as well. I saw the work that you guys were doing, not only with the basketball side, the mental aspect, you know, asking them questions. Take us, you know, through the importance of that. What have we learned over the years? Like, yeah, we can beat them to death and drill them to death, but, you know, just from that side of y'all offering that and taking them upstairs, running with them, y'all taking them in the back, you know, working on their minds, like, Take me through that. Why is that so important? Well, first of all, it's very important because to be a great basketball player, you got to have a great mindset and you have to be healthy. Um, my son has played basketball and had inspirations, you know, to make it to the NBA. And he was fortunate to be able to get a, a D1 scholarship. But as I watched him, a lot of times he wasn't in the best condition. He didn't like to run. He thought that he could eat what he wanted to eat. And he was at risk, you know, because when you eat what you want to eat, you're at risk for hypertension. you at risk for diabetes. You're at risk for obesity. You're at risk for a whole lot of medical conditions that can cause you to forfeit your future. I'm here as a nurse because I care about the community, and I care about the health of our community. I've been a manager for the last 12 years, so I was inside of Hurley Medical Center caring for patients, seeing multiple diversities of patients and people come in that have dreams, but their dreams got forfeited because they didn't want to take care of themselves. They was drinking excessive alcohol and end up with end-stage renal disease, or they're afraid to confront the contributing factors and come in and receive health care early. So it's frustrating to have so many dreams and so many abilities, but yet, because you're not healthy, you can't dribble because you're exhausted, you're fatigued, you don't drink enough water, you don't understand you or your body, you don't take care of yourself, but yet you have a dream. The dream can manifest, and I do believe that many are the plans of man, and it is God's purpose that prevails, but the thing about it is you have to be able to partner with the plan that God has placed on the inside of you, so you have to be healthy, and to be able as a nurse to come and participate and connect with a clinic that would allow me to come in and teach health and education and having children with the right mindset. My uncle was Trent Tucker. My, Craig, my cousin was Craig Tucker. So I watched NBA players and legends both have a dream, but I also watched one of their dreams be forfeited because they didn't have almost the right mindset. Not trying to, you know, one was disciplined and consistent and the other one was disciplined, but not always consistent. And so that's what I always told my son, and I always told all the athletes as working with Jeff, being around FABE, 
you have to consider the consequences of your choices. So why not make choices that can put you in a great position? Like I tell my son, be 100, but you be the one that make the 99 complete. You, you be the one that get up in the morning and make the decision to be healthy. So if you do have a healthcare condition and you can get it treated, and the kids out here, we had to tell them, stay clean. Yes, it's about SAT, it's about ACT, it's about being eligible, but it's also about having the right mindset. It's about not getting connected to drugs and alcohol. It's about having respect for yourself and believing that you can be successful and telling people no and setting safe boundaries. So as a nurse um, that work for Hurley Medical Center, that see all the gun violence that come in, that see all the contributing factors that see the black and brown community not being compliant, I'm here because I care. I, I left a stable job that I knew to come out in the community to break ground so that I connect, so, so that I could connect and empower for us to be healthy. And I know a lot of us don't wanna change our lifestyles, but if we don't, at least if we're educated, we can make a wise decision and seek healthcare sooner, so. That's powerful. Anything you'd like to add to that? When it comes to um, your physical appearance or your physical uh, characteristics, uh, especially in sports and, um, and fitness, it's very important that you take care of your body. Um, you only get one you. I mean, a lot of people tend to put a lot of money and energy into things that are materialistic that they put on their body and not take care of um, what's on the inside. Um, by actually getting yourself on a healthy eating habit, healthy eating schedule, staying properly hydrated, um, incorporating some type of strength conditioning, um, cardiovascular activity in the sports, in the sports industry or in the sports community, um, it, it can extend your, your career. Um, it can prevent, help prevent injury. Um, it can also help prevent ailments and um, help you in, in all manners of that aspect. Um, and I feel like a lot of people tend to put a Band-Aid on health issues instead of fixing the actual problem and changing um, their diets and actually incorporating some physical activity. Um, it, it's, it's so easy to get lost and not Take, take on the importance of your actual physical um, physical appearance or your physical um, well-being. It's very important. And um, I'm here by the grace of God and, and Jeff looking off and uh, asked me to be a part of this, part of this wonderful uh, group of individuals. Um, and I'm trying to incorporate that with the youth. If we get it, if our youth gets it when they're young and they learn healthy eating habits, um, how important it is to exercise on a regular and a daily basis. That's something that they can take with them as they get older and move forward in their um, fitness career or in their athletic career, um, however, however far they choose to go in it. Um, and I feel like that's very important. And like I said, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. But it's a couple of things I wanna hit on. I think what's the importance of this is, it's huge. Our history being documented. A lot of these stories that's being told and stuff, haven't been told nowhere. You know, having this, this type of insight and knowledge and all these different people in the room, that's what forced me to get into what I'm doing now as far as journalism. 
you know, being inspired, you know, like I say, seeing Mo, you know, seeing Jeff, seeing all these great guys and understanding, okay, yeah, I love the game, but it's another way you can impact it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's why I took on the sports journalism. I wanted to be in the NBA just like everybody else. But then I got to a point like, hey, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't look good like that. I got, I'm a good rec center player, but, you know, I got to figure out what can I do to still be attached to the game. And I think for me, it was, it was journalism. And I understood that once I got older. It was a guy by the name of Ricky Hampton. He used to write for the Flint Journal. I didn't even know, like I say, I didn't, I didn't know you can make money from being a writer. I used to read the Slam magazine here and there, but I saw his face in the paper all the time. I used to just see a black guy face. And I was like, man, what is, I didn't even know that was called. I went to school and I was like, what can I do to mix basketball and writing? They said journalism. And we took it from there. So that's how the history of, you know, this Flintstone tradition is translated even to myself. Now having a seven-year-old son that's here to play as well and be around these guys, it all comes full circle, that history being documented. And I think now that we're in this space of being able to tell it and share it, you know, that's important because a lot of these are, are urban legends. You know, you hear about Craig and Craig Tucker and what he was able to do, Jody Allen, you know, who you played against and, you know, a lot of different guys you played against over the years and that history is not documented. We don't have that nowhere. All we can hear about is, you know, what Eric Turner did back in the day. We don't see that. So when we had these opportunities to speak, I need everybody to understand how, the, how important this is because we don't get to see and hear a lot of those, especially now you look at media locally, they're not covering, you know, a lot of stuff. There's nobody that really cares about it. So I think, you know, when we had these opportunities, I want everybody to really understand how powerful it is, how powerful media is. And I do want to, um, you know, let everybody know that we do have some great opportunities for kids coming up. You know, you know, I know Jair did this camp today. There's plenty of other camps that you guys have moving forward. We had the Gus Macker coming, you know, September 18th and 19th. Return of the Mac, we calling that. Mac. It's gonna be downtown. Yeah. And I, I did, before I let everybody go, I gotta get one story though from Mo Pete. And it's, it's an urban story. You kind of touched on it a little bit. But tell me today, man, when, when, uh, when Isaiah Thomas, you know, came to the program, man, how big was that for you? <laughs> you know, it just, I heard that was a funny story. I never heard it from you yourself. It's just a story that we always hear about, you know, in, in, the, in the city. But how was that? And what did that do for you moving forward in your man. career? Um, I remember being up at Pro-Am and um, Isaiah was there and I was talking stuff to him, you know. It's like, man, I can beat you one-on-one, man. You can't stop me. You know, I didn't think he was going to pull my car like that, but he never, he don't back down from a challenge. So he was like, all right, come on, let's play. So we get to playing and um, everybody got this assumption that I won. I didn't win. I'm just going to let everybody know that. <laughs> I'm just going to let everybody know that. Um, I got close, but um, just what that did for me, you know, an NBA player, um, all-star, one of the best point guards. One of, I mean, a guy I look up to. I'm actually playing one-on-one -on -one with him in back in Northwestern in High Flint. School. In Flint. Flint. Yeah. <laughs> he's coming back. I mean, you can touch him. I mean, you know, that was so important for me. That was, man, that, what that did for my confidence, what that did for, you know, people, my friends were talking about it. You know, somehow they twisted the story. like, man, you beat him, man. You beat him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I did beat him. Yeah, you know? And then we saw him. Isaiah was talking stuff, and it was like, no, he beat you. He's like, no, I beat him. He was like, didn't I beat him? I was like, uh, yeah, he beat me. But I, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but just that experience, um, you know, always having NBA players and guys that you can touch um, that, that you're trying to achieve those goals. That's why it's important. Um, I was talking to Miss Martin about um, doctors and lawyers, and, and it's, it's not just about basketball, you know, especially with these kids. We want to teach them about life. And, we want the kids that want to be doctors and lawyers to be able to touch doctors and lawyers and, and, and see them in their coats and stuff like that. That's just as important as me seeing Isaiah Thomas, you know, and that's what we're trying to preach to these kids that no, no matter where you go in life, 
Um, you know, put yourself, you got to put yourself in a position. We can, we can do all the drills or give you all the knowledge, but if you don't take it and apply it and do it, do it, it's not going to happen. You know, and that's what we're trying to get them to do instead of, you know, instead of you know, talking to talk, we want them to walk that walk. And um, that experience with Isaiah, man, I, I never forget it. And um, a lot of people think I beat them. Nah, <laughs> truth came to light. Man. See, we got a lot of great. Because of you, man. We got, a lot, of, we got, story, man. We got a lot of great stories, man. I just, I just wanted to hear a couple of them, man. We got, we can go on and on with just legendary stories, man. But he got and, competitive too. Like I was about to beat him, and he turned his defense on. I thought I was like, oh, he too old. He's 36, 35 years old. Man, he, <laughs> he put it on me. I guess we're going to end it here, Jeff. We ain't give you a, a, a much to speak on, but I want to make sure you brought in as well. Like I said, I've been knowing Jeff for years. You know, your sister went to school, you know, with us as well. And, you know, for you, you know, I guess seeing your little brother in his role, you know, kind of what's – he's not able to be here today. I know he's working out and, you know, trying to continue his, his career as well. But for you to see your little brother doing what he's doing, you know, for all y'all, y'all play, like you said, your dad, your, your brothers – you know, everybody, you know, y'all been a family of basketball. I guess what's the next steps, if you can kind of speak for him, you know, with what you guys want to do as other camps or any other opportunities, you know, you guys want to do as a family to keep this going and not just have this, just a, just a weak thing. The next step for us is, you know, to continue this legacy and continue to build the brand of uh, Brush Flint Festival, of course, the great name. And so we're making sure, you know, he stays on the right path, the right tracks, you know, as far as getting towards the NBA, you know, because he want to live out his dream, but also make sure that he understands that he has a responsibility now because that stamp is now on his back. No, he's carrying a torch. And so that are, that is some of the things that we're trying to do and trying to install in him and also bring along his cousin, you know, uh, Little Lon, Lamar, uh, Lon Martin and stuff like that. So all these guys are understanding, of course, Jarrett's too. So we all have that um, – that know how I know what we got to do, you know, to get to this next step. And Grave has done a, like we call him Grave Bow. Grave Bow. Miles still be calling Miles Bridges be calling that too, Grave Bow. <laughs> he has done a great job, you know, bringing us up, man. You know, it was, what we call it, like, uh, it's eight of us. And so we had a cousin that made it to the NFL, of course, Jair's going to the league, Miles was a part of us too. And so just seeing all of us come up together, you know, and making it, and it's all, because of him, like make working us working us out early in the morning, kept us close, that family. And so we reached out and bring other people along. And so that that is the thing. And so now that he's installed that in us, it's for us to install that into other people. And so that's a, some of the things that we're doing now. And now we're giving that to the world, man. The horn that Hornets team is one of my favorites to watch, man. It just man. they fun. And you look at, you know, Denver, Monte Morris, they fun teams, cools with the Lakers. They all on fun, exciting. We contribute into a stage of basketball that's like Cutting edge, you know, like that's 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 top of the what Stephen A. just called Miles the best dunker in the NBA. You know, we can't take that lightly. We got to continue to you know take over our our legacy and our tradition. And um, I just want to end, I guess, with 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 Jeff, man. Um, you know, anything else you would like to say about just you know having this here and you know everybody giving everybody getting their flowers while they're still alive. I think that's important as well. You know, anything anything you would like to end on? Yeah, I you know first and foremost, I want to really emphasize one thing that we all must remember, and biblically speaking, you know, all the days of man is to serve. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a woman, as a man, you must learn and understand the importance of giving back, mm -hmm. um, reaching down and helping someone else. Um, you never know who you're entertaining at that particular time. Mm -hmm. um, it could be entertaining an angel. Mm -hmm. You just don't know. Um, it's been just a life lesson for me. And I just want for everyone in our group 
and it really, it's a godsend when Linnell gave me a call. I've watched her for a long time, not basketball, just how she walks, who she is as a woman. Um, when she called me, I immediately said yes. Um, anyone else, I probably would have been sitting down, not doing anything. But when she called, because I know who she is, she's been a server, she's been a giver. We are assembling a team of people who does just that. Um, Tarnisa, I know her heart. Morris, I know his heart. Jakara, I know her heart. Crystal, of course, when that young man over there, Jerry, starts talking, I almost can see right through him because, you know, Barry and I, we were joined by the hips. And uh, when he talks, I hear him all the time. You know, I met Q and from, from Morris, and when I saw Q, I was like, okay, that's another one we got to get. So we are putting together this group of men and women that are powerful in our community that's going to affect change. Our community, when I was young, okay, when I was a kid, you know, you had these um, community centers, you had, you know, the communities that was reaching out to each and every kid, embracing them. You know, you couldn't be down the street, you know, doing mischievous things. Your parent didn't have to chastise you. You got dealt with with that adult that was there. And then that adult went back and told your parent, and then you got dealt with again. That's what it was about then. So the crime rate wasn't what it is right now. You know, when you had that type of caring environment. You know, the dilapidated homes did not, was not the way it is right now. When you had that caring environment. You know, the dropout rate is not what it is right now when you have that type of environment. That's what we're trying to get back now. We are assembling not only a basketball team, Morris and I talk all the time, we're gonna have an investment group. We're going to have these young people here with us. They're going to get, become powerful. We're going to buy back our community. We're going to take ownership of this land. That's what we're looking to do. We're going out and we're going to possess the land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I appreciate everybody for the time. You know, I'm glad we got a chance to get everybody their flowers while they're here. You know, um, I was glad to see the big, uh, the big, uh, the big sign they, they did in Mopete as well. I thought that was big, you know, like that they put in the community as well. And for you guys to be able to see it and understand it and touch it and uh, feel it. And like I say, preserving this history. And uh, I'm just thankful, you know, I want to get everybody, thank everybody for, you know, speaking with us today, taking time and all the inspiration I've got from you guys over the years. It wouldn't be a me without, without what y'all did. And every chance I get, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm telling everybody I'm a Flintstone to the core and what, you know, with y'all guys different city, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be me or a lot of other people as well. So I appreciate everybody for their time and Miss Linnell, thank you for, uh, for for everything as well. And, oh, I ain't know if you want to say. One last I just time. want to say one thing too, man. Um, we want to give you your flowers. Too. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yes. Awesome job. We don't watch you grow and um, to see see that man is a beautiful thing, man. So we're honored, you know, to be sitting out here with you. Because, you know, you've been doing a lot, man. We see you. We just want to let you know we, we got your back, too. Yeah, appreciate that. Thank you, Mr. Neff. Yes, sir. Thank you, everyone. Thank uh, you. Everything that's been said is amazing. I don't want to say anything else because I want everybody to remember what has been said. You know, uh, it's, <laughs> it's really powerful. Um, and thank you, everybody. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I want to say this. If everyone 
on the face of this earth. Had an opportunity to live out their dream. What a wonderful world this place will be.